0: Welcome back to Blending the Rules. I'm Haley. And I'm Laura. And we're two art teachers in a classroom teacher world.
1: Today Today we have kind of a part two of our cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation talk that we did last week. But this time we have a special guest dun dun dun. Lanisha Tab is our guest today. Yay. Hi. (laughs) So Lanisha, if you would, I'm sure some of our listeners probably know who you are, have seen you on social media, but would you mind just explaining like
2: who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, hello everyone and thank you guys for having me. Um, Yeah, so Lanisha Tab, let's see, for the past 18 years, I've been a classroom teacher. I just recently transitioned into a different role in education. Um, Basically, I work with educators all over the country um, doing professional development, some consulting work. Um, I'm an author, um, so I've got a couple books that I'm working on and just kind of all the things like content creator. It's it's a mess. If you Google (laughs) me, you'll see all the ridiculousness that I'm into, Um, but I'm having a a pretty good time. So yeah, that's who I am. She does it yeah. all.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, that is awesome. Thank you. You're getting all those teachers excited about being in their classroom and everything. No, yeah, I'm trying.
2: yeah, <laughs> yes,
0: I love it. I love and if you if you guys Google her if you don't know her and you find her like just the positivity and like excitement that radiates from you, Lanisha, Aww. it's just like enough to get you excited without even hearing mm-hmm. you speak I feel like
2: well, that <laughs> is really kind thank you so much
1: <laughs> and yeah and Lanisha was like kind of a big push for us when we first started our podcast I'm like this is just kind of fun for us and they were like maybe we want to take this more seriously and she was yeah. she was a big help and like encouraging us to do that and so um it feels fitting that she's our first guest. <laughs> so
2: thank you. Well, We're I'm excited to so be a small part of it. So,
1: also- <laughs> <laughs> um, so we felt like Lanisha would be a great choice. Um, guest for this topic, because a lot of things, resources she does, lessons she does, things she shares on her social media have to do with culture and how important that is. And so um, we actually had reached out to her and said, Hey, would you want to do this with us? And we're like, you know, we're two white women, we don't know what we're doing. Like, we don't know how to talk about this. And she really encouraged us to like, that's okay, have that conversation. Like, it doesn't have to always be somebody from a minority culture or in, you know, in a minority in general, like you guys should try to talk about it and explain your experiences because you still have experiences too, even though it doesn't look the same as everybody else's and you're a majority. So, um, that was like super empowering too. We were like really nervous about that episode, but like that was super helpful. So we felt like she'd be a really good um, choice to help us have this conversation from a different perspective than what we can give.
0: Thank you, Lanisha, for empowering us that way. <laughs>
1: that was just So I guess to start, like, Lanisha, what does like cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation look like to you?
2: Okay, so for me, you know, that is an interesting <clears throat> question because even as somebody who is a black woman, that's a lesson that I had to learn just because Um, over the course of my career it it just wasn't something that was always in front of my face or you know Mm -hmm. it's something that I had to figure out and I can remember a time in particular where we were learning about um, sugar skulls and no I shouldn't say we were learning about it we were I was working at a school and they needed a new bulletin board Um, and so I remember being on the team you know like meeting and they were trying to figure out like oh you know what can we put out there and they're like Halloween's coming up and They're like, oh, we should make those really cool sugar skulls. And everybody was like printing off copies of it. And like, you know, the kids can decorate them because they're beautiful, right? And I can remember feeling kind of weird about that, but I didn't really know why. And essentially, we got to the point where we realized we're feeling weird about it because we're just taking something from another culture and just having an experience with it without really understanding the historical significance, the cultural significance, and that Mm -hmm. is very much appropriation, right? And Mm -hmm. so once we started to sort of figure that out, it was like, okay, if we're going to engage in another culture or learn something um, that is not ours, we need to do the proper research. We need to reach out to maybe people that um, this is a part of their culture. We need to read some books. We need to see if there's a YouTube video we can watch. And when we did that, it was such a beautiful and meaningful experience for the kids. I remember it went from, oh, we just need a, a cute bulletin board to kids in the classroom. After they had learned about it, we had family you know, come and talk about it. And I remember one kid saying like, oh, Mrs. Tab, my uh, uncle passed away and he really liked the Denver Broncos. So should I make my sugar, sugar skull, you know, decorate it with, with uh, orange and blue? And I was like, oh, wow, that's that's so powerful, right? That's very mm-hmm. different than just, oh, I want to make it pretty, right? They, they understood right. and they had an experience, they had a connection to it. And Aww. to me, that was the most clear example of appropriation versus appreciation, because it can be really easy to fall into, you know, what we think is a stereotype. I think Cinco de Mayo is another one. I remember. Oh, yeah. Teachers, you know, oh, pull out the sombreros and the, and the chips and salsa, and like, that's all. To my... Never mind the whole battle of Puebla and all the historical things that happen It's like, never mind that. It's time to have a fiesta. It's like, yeah, like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, and so, and then really just listening to the voices in various communities, you know, what do they have to say about it, or how do they have to, you know, how are they feeling about it? And that will really let you in. Um, to a lot of those insights it's a tiktok video it's an instagram they're everywhere people are always sharing their experiences it's not hard to really figure out you know how to approach these things if you are looking for that sort of thing
0: yeah Yeah. i love that example you gave of that little boy like Mm -hmm. having that meaningful connection after learning about it like that Mm -hmm. is really powerful like you said for sure um, what are some things like you mentioned? You know, can we find some books to read about this and YouTube videos to share with our students? Like, what types of things do you think teachers can do, um, and maybe even specifically art teachers, to help mm-hmm. appreciate these cultures?
1: Mm-hmm
0: instead of like accidentally falling into the trap of appropriating
1: and like making sure we're doing them justice too right like Mm -hmm. not just like oh yeah we appreciate this culture but like making sure we're doing it right
2: right so I think that's really at the heart of culturally responsive teaching and I think people hear that term and immediately scoff or roll their eyes because they think like oh that means i have to make all of my lesson plans into like a rap and put on hip-hop and it's like no <laughs> that would not wouldn't
1: have even crossed my <laughs> mind oh, personally I'm,
2: I'm glad to hear it i literally sat in a pd one time with a guy and they brought up so uh culturally responsive teaching and that was his response i'm not gonna wrap the periodic table of elements and like that was his connection <laughs> what? oh yeah oh yeah that's very much like when i encounter a lot of educators they automatically kind of go there, like oh i have to do what the young kids are doing these days and it's like yeah it's it's more about looking at the kids that are in front of you during that time so when i started getting into the culture work that i do which is probably about five or six years ago at this point it became a yearly task of trying to figure out who are my students culturally so i have various ways i do that you know send home culture activities. If they want to share, they can. So I'm learning about where these kids come from, um, you know, their their celebrations, their holiday, all that sort of stuff, food, dress, et cetera. So it's about looking at the kids that are in front of you and then finding ways to make sure that they see themselves represented in the books that you are pulling in, even the artists. That, and I feel like art would be such a beautiful and seamless way to bring culture in because art is such a huge part of culture. And so I can remember having... Um, children in my classroom one year that were from Kenya. So I'm finding books that, you know, represent Kenyan culture. I found a beautiful book called For You Are a Kenyan Child. And we're looking at the illustrations in that book. And I, anytime a a culture month comes up, right. Mm -hmm. I think we always kind of focus on like scientists and inventors for, you know, or famous people like musicians and and, and athletes. Why not swing by and try to see like what kind of art you can pull out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Study that, you know, and I feel like art would be such a a seamless, you know, way to bring out culture. Um, And so I like culture months, personally, I think it's the easiest way for educators Mm -hmm. to really get some of that work in, you know, because I think most people know Black History Month is in February, because we, you know, if you're going to get any little dose of a culture month, it's probably going to be Black History Month right. now. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it goes beyond, you know, Ruby, Rosa, and Martin, I, I don't know. I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope it does, but nine times out of ten, the kids, those are the, the, the main three that kids are going to learn about. Mm-hmm. But after that, most people aren't even aware that there's so many other cultures that have a specific month, you know, tied to their right. like heritage. So I think that's a great place to start for educators. Um, Jen, ed and art teachers alike that's just a really easy way to bring some of that content in and you know because it's, it's kind of happening everywhere so it's really easy to sort of tie yeah. that study into things that are already happening
1: and I think that was something we um we had a lot of culture in the curriculum that we have built in our district and um but then like we were like okay are we do we have any gaps and we we're like yeah we do we didn't have Latin X, and like a good chunk of our students are latinx Mm -hmm. cultures and Mm -hmm. we're like holy cow how did we miss this and that was so that kind of opened our eyes to paying attention to our kids what are we missing what did we not have in here and trying to make sure we get those in there as well and i think that was a big that was kind of what we did too Is we focused um a little bit more on the months and kind of arranging things around those months like Mm -hmm. in the celebrations and that that was a very easy way to yeah make that a little more seamless
2: Right. And that's not to say we're only going to focus on those, you know, cultures during those months. But to me, it's just like a, it's like if you celebrate a holiday, right? And it's like, you know, or maybe like I'm a Christian, right? So if I'm like, okay, I should technically be celebrating, you know, like the birth of Christ all the time, but that doesn't stop me from really focusing in on it right. in December, you know? So like, yeah. that's an example of like, I'm, I, I can recognize it year round, but I'm going to make sure that I do, you know, during this particular time. So that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Because um, I know some people can get kind of like, man, like, I don't really love culture months because then people think that's the only time that you can learn about it. And it's like, no, no you don't have to look at it like that. Yeah. yeah you know, that can be like a safety net almost.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of like, there's a reason why we have those culture months is to like yeah. appreciate and to celebrate. And, mm-hmm. and I think we touched on our last episode of like, that's an, like you said, it's an easy way to like start off to like incorporate mm-hmm. those things. And like, we're trying to help out different art teachers and you might be listening to this and it's like your first or second year and you've been told you have to create your own curriculum and maybe you're completely overwhelmed. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to do everything all at once. So maybe just start off like, Oh, what are the different culture months? Where can I sprinkle in a little bit of these different cultures? And then the next year you can do a little bit more. And then the next year you can do a little bit more. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's a nice way to kind of get your foot in the door of incorporating different cultures. And then, and then growing from there as you go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I, like, I personally love, like, setting up a curriculum based around cultures is probably my favorite way to teach personally. Like, I I don't know what it There's just, I don't know. There's something about it. And I think it's really nice to have, like, a very specific focus, whether it's happening during that appreciation month or before, it, you know, and then obviously, yeah, having those people sprinkled out in other cultures where they can overlap and stuff or like into, you know, like, Oh, so-and-so is an abstract artist. Well, they can fit there too. But like, Mm -hmm. I really love having our curriculum set up a lot based around Mm -hmm. cultures. I think that it's so nice and especially for like the older kids when they start to really understand their culture too. I think that, um, I think that's big. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that they get to see themselves in the artists too. Yeah. Yeah. Lanisha, you mentioned like reading a book about the Kenyan um, Mm -hmm. culture with your students. Mm -hmm. And that just made me think about like, what is your, what are your thoughts and your take on if an art teacher wants to talk about a certain culture or, and that have certain artists and things, maybe like introducing a video or showing the images and, or doing a book and then creating a project do you think art teachers still need to steer away from it looking too much like that specific art style and come up completely on their own? Or do you think it's okay after you learn about it and understand it to go ahead and kind of not copy it in a way, but just Mm -hmm. like pull more inspiration from it.
2: Mm -hmm. Now, listen, I'm not like, an art teacher so I don't know what's <laughs> taboo and what's not <laughs> and it was kind of um, hard to
0: explain so I hope yeah. that came across but. no I
2: think so and I don't know like you know I don't want to say something and then our teacher is like oh my gosh a real artist would never well I'm not a real artist <laughs> <laughs> so well like, I can uh, give you an
0: example if it might okay. help okay
2: yeah let me hear So, that. like um
0: okay like the sugar skulls yes that you mentioned so oh, saying I, as an art teacher, want to talk about that culture. And so we like watch a video about, you know, the day of the dead and we read a book maybe. And then I show images and I have handouts with different types of, um, designs that are typically shown in sugar skulls so that my students can reference them. Mm -hmm. Do you think it would be okay? And I mean, I know that's not your, your background per se, Mm -hmm. but, or maybe symbols and things, um, or like the same type of lines and shapes that you might find in like a Kente cloth or something. Like, do you think, where is that line, I suppose, in your opinion Mm
1: -hmm.
0: of where students need to be coming up with a hundred percent their own ideas Mm -hmm. and be able to pull inspiration from a culture that they don't belong to.
2: Got it. Um, I think just you know off going off like what i would do if i were in that situation i feel like if they want to draw inspiration from what they see especially for children who are not just naturally artistically inclined that that was me when i was little i was like look i don't even know where to start with this um i would be i'd be perfectly fine with them pulling inspiration and then maybe asking them to like after they've pulled the inspiration you know aka copied then maybe say like (laughs) could you maybe try another one that's a little more your own design you know like I Mm -hmm. think I would try to go like that or I would try to figure out the bigger like work of the artist so Mm -hmm. if it was a kente cloth but really if I'm looking at the kente cloth I notice it's a pattern it's a pattern that uses this this and this. you know properties or whatever I might ask them to just kind of, like, come up with their own pattern. or You know what I mean? So it's still doing the bigger work of the artist, but not necessarily copying it exactly down. But, I mean, you know, if they copied it, like, at the end of the day, I would ask myself, what do I want them to get from this? I would want them to have an authentic, you know, as authentic as possible, um, interaction or experience with that kind of art. So if that meant that, you know, they had to copy because that's all they could do, then, hey, you know, like, we at least had the exposure, Mm -hmm. we had the opportunity to, you know, kind of get in there and just have that experience with it. So I I personally would be okay with it. Yeah.
0: Okay. that's encouraging. Um because I feel like a lot of I feel like there's a lot of shame in the art teacher community of like Mm. doing it and doing it the wrong way. And then you're like well, I I was just trying to give these kids an experience and like like Because if we're not going to teach them about these cultures, then who is like, they might not be Mm -hmm. getting any exposure anywhere except for in my art room. Mm -hmm. So I want them to be exposed, but then you're going to shame me for like having kids make something where they just learned something. So I don't know. It's that weird slippery slope.
2: It is definitely a slippery slope. And, you know, I feel like that's with anything, even like in the gen ed classroom, like trying to. Um, expose or teach or you know you you have to be so careful you could find Mm -hmm. a book that you think is great and then come to find out it's not a book that's technically um, an own voices book so maybe the author is writing about an experience that is not their own and then you figure oh my gosh have I done harm to the kids in front of me because I gave them a book where I thought it was great but it's not really the authentic experience of the people that book was supposed to be representing so and so one thing I have learned is really shame has no place in this Work. It really doesn't because yeah. nobody's ever going to get it right. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is a part of everybody's culture. So you can only really speak to you know the culture that you, you come from. Right. So yeah. nine times out of ten, you're going to get something wrong. I think it's about remaining humble and saying like, okay, I might have messed this up. I'll learn what I can from it and I'll try to do better in the right. future. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Right.
0: And yeah. Um.
1: Okay. Sorry. I'm gonna go back to the kente cloth really quickly because I have a question about something. What I used to do and I I don't necessarily do it this way anymore I used to do Mm -hmm. weaving I would do patterns kind of like that you know we would look at the different designs they made okay I want you to come up with your own designs your own patterns but a big thing with kente cloth is that each of the colors represents something so Uh, if I go in and ask my students hey I want you to come up with a meaning behind each of the Mm -hmm. colors you picked is Mm -hmm. that okay and making them own that experience or is that kind of taking away from what the colors are intended to
2: mean Mm -hmm. yeah and i don't think there's a definitive answer on that one honestly um because i could definitely see both sides of that but anytime i'm stuck with a question like that or just kind of you know in this weird conundrum i actually take that to the students and i Mm -hmm. would literally pose that and say guys okay we're, we're learning about this art, you know, this is, it's a cultural experience. So there's a, a couple things to consider here on the one hand and you, you break it down. And then on the other hand, show them what, you know, both sides of it and then kind of give it to them and say, what do you guys think? And then they might even arrive at the fact that like, Oh, you know what? You really taught us that those colors were really important to that culture. I'm not real sure we should, you know, or they could say, no, I think it'd be really great, you know, like, and just kind of, right. because that's, that's what the work is about. Even as adults, you, we're constantly in this gray space where we want to be respectful and, and expose children um, to the world so that they can appreciate different, you know, things that are different from them and yeah. and value things at, you know, as, in a way that is, I don't know, not, you know, because I feel like growing up, you learn like, these are the classics. These are the things that count as art. These are the things that are real literature and real music. And it's like, if it doesn't fit in that box, then it doesn't count as real. So these kind of experiences sort of break that down. And it's like, no, all of this gets to count as beautiful art, beautiful music, beautiful literature. And so I think every experience just sort of adds to that. So, you know, if you kind of get bogged down in like the logistics of that, it could just make the work seem too difficult and too like okay we just can't do this because we can't get it right yeah versus grappling with it and you know just sort of like doing the best you can you know like that's yeah. I don't know, that's sort of how I look at it
1: yeah, yeah and I think that helps them own that too and like I think truthfully like <laughs> I kind of thought maybe that question was kind of like odd like and didn't fit but like the way you <laughs> answered that I think that would really help a lot of art teachers that are like oh I want to do this culture stuff but I don't know if I should I'm gonna make somebody mm-hmm. mad like I just feel like you're kind mm-hmm. of help boosting that confidence of like no you can do this if you mess up who cares own it move on like in right. time like and I yeah. that's yeah. I think that's huge
2: that's all you can do literally
1: yeah
0: I think part of it too is like these are kids like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not you're not you know making these big you're not making a law about things right. you're not going out and trying to like be a diplomat to a different country across right. the world mm-hmm. like this is hey, elementary we don't school know. they
1: could be one one day we don't they know could.
0: we could encourage them through our teaching to do that but mm-hmm. I mean like you said like if you mess up like it's okay yeah. like own it and apologize yep. and fix it for the next time and the kids are still being exposed to great things and that's all we really want. Like,
2: and I, that's exactly it. I was going to say that at the end of the day, if I were an art teacher and I was trying to, you know, really think about this kind of work, my bottom line would always be exposure and kind of yes. like I said, and then also I think I would want to say it doesn't have to be weird. Right. <laughs> what What my wish would be is when, if I brought in something from a culture I don't need to make it the biggest deal in the world that it's from a particular cult because what that right. can do is other the experience. So it's like, okay, guys, we're doing normal art, but oh, look at this person we're going to study from China. Like, oh <laughs> my I'm like making the biggest deal yeah. about it versus here is another artist that we're going to study with the exact same level of interest and curiosity. And, you know, just like we do all the other things, it's just a different kind of art and it normalizes it. And it makes it seem like I was saying before, like this is, this all gets to count as, you know, beautiful, classic art that is worthy.
0: Well, I love that idea that you just mentioned of like not making it the other thing. Like I hadn't really thought about that before, but you're so right. It can go completely to the extreme. Like you don't want to overcompensate Mm -hmm. and then have it have a negative effect in -hmm. in the way too. Like I love the idea of normalizing it. Mm -hmm. Um, So you might've already answered this in your last thing Um, to kind of wrap this up. What would you say is one big takeaway that you would like our listeners to leave with after hearing this conversation about appreciating a culture? If there's like one thing you want them to get out of this.
2: Yeah, um, I think that that would be like the idea of being bold and being brave, <clears throat> excuse me, being bold, being brave. And even if it's something that's outside of your comfort zone, just remember as uncomfortable as it is maybe for you to step into you know a different experience or a different um, culture, it's just as uncomfortable for people that never feel that representation. Mm-hmm. It's just as uncomfortable to get, you know, a letter in your child's backpack that's like, we're going to be studying Vygotsky for the millionth time, or not Vygotsky, hold on, that's an educational guy. What's his name? The one who made Starry Nights. Um, Van Gogh. uh, Van Gogh, there he is. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be studying Van Gogh for the 50th time. And it's like, okay, here we go. So it's just as uncomfortable, you know, for, for people that are underrepresented. And so, you know, it's really it means a lot when we have educators that really do care about making sure that students get exposure. It's like the concept of windows and mirrors when it comes to books. I feel like that also applies when it comes to art, right? And all, and the thing of it is kids need both. They need windows and they need mirrors. They need an opportunity to see themselves represented, but they also need opportunities to see other experiences. And I think that would be the message that I would really hope, you know, our teachers would take away is just making sure that kids are able to have both experiences. That is such a good reminder.
1: Oh, I loved that. I'm like, oh, what a nice quote she just made for us.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, So Lanisha, can you tell our listeners like where they can find you?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, Easiest place would probably be my website which is just my first and last name uh, LanishaTab.com I am also on Instagram um, Lanisha underscore Tab and I hang out there the most if I'm being honest <laughs> um, and yeah Perfect.
0: Well, we will definitely have all that information linked to you in our recap that we'll put on our own website. And um, thank you so much for having this conversation with us.
2: Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. We really appreciate
1: it. (laughs) Yes,
0: And I feel so like, encouraged and excited now
1: about all this work.
2: (laughs) I'm so glad to hear that.
1: If you don't already follow us on social media, you can find us at at blending the rules podcast on instagram tiktok at blending the rules podcast one our blog blending the rules.com. um we will link lanisha's information in all of these posts as well so that you can find her um because she's an amazing resource when it comes to culture um even though she doesn't necessarily do art related stuff she has so much information on culture it's very very helpful um, oh And if you haven't had the opportunity yet, check out our Blending the Rules crew, where you can join
0: our monthly meetup crew. (laughs) We're planning
1: September right now um, and figuring out what's going to be a part of the September meeting. And we would love to have you join us and get to hang out with some other cool art teachers like yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, keep blending.